Uh, quite frankly, it's my view that uh, Stan Kroenke should be arrested. This is the Talking Schmidt Podcast, home of the best stories and sports takes from St. Louis to Chicago and beyond. Here is your host, Daniel Schmidt. Happy Saturday to all my loyal listeners out there, and welcome into episode 65 of the Talking Schmidt Podcast. The first thing I wanted to address this week, on Thursday, my company, we do a little happy hour at the end of the day on every Thursday, and my coworker, Pat, he put together a Jeopardy, a very difficult Jeopardy, Uh, and it went past 5 o'clock, and I had things to do after 5, so I hopped off the Zoom. My coworkers FaceTime me, and they're like, hey, the final Jeopardy question is, how many hours have you put in on Talking Schmidt Podcast? I was like, holy cow. So I did some math out loud. I'm like, it's somewhere between 65 and 70 total episodes with some bonuses and specials and eulogies for Michael Porter Jr.'s freshman year, things like that. And I guessed 61. That was my guess. I thought it might have been a little bit of a low ball, but I went with 61. The correct answer was 64. I put it out on Instagram and said, I'll Venmo whoever gets it correctly, $10. Hunter Schmidt responds 63.4. And I'm like, you, you, had, you had to have like broken it down or something. Hunter Schmidt, <laughs> with some free time on his hands, like we all do during quarantine, put the podcast times into an Excel and broke it down and got to 63.4. He's like, yeah, I had 15 minutes. It gave me something to do. Hunter would not accept the money because he's an an upstanding young man, and I guess you could say he cheated, though I think the effort deserves a ton of praise. But Kevin McManus, God knows how Mickey did it. Kevin McManus guessed it on the head, so Kevin McManus is the is the winner of that. I'm probably going to do more questions like that just to keep people entertained and increase engagement. But, uh, yeah, shout-out to both Hunter and Mickey for that. I was wildly impressed. Uh, this week's episode, I would say it's fun, but it's not. This episode, th- this isn't fun. It's not fun because Mizzou basketball has gone to hell. It's gone to hell. I, I care about three teams in a serious way. Mizzou basketball, Mizzou football, and SLU basketball. That's it. I love other teams, but those are the three I care about and follow on a very regular basis. And and Mizzou basketball, I don't I don't know. It's it's like a, a problematic child that needs to professional help. Okay? Maybe has to go to I don't know, Juvie or rehab or something, but you know that this kid that you've loved and raised and nurtured and provided for, something went wrong along the way, and you know that your kid won't be right until there's some sort of an intervention, and when you look at it from, when you take a step back, it's going to be years before this problematic child is right again, and and it breaks your heart because you care so much about it, and you've invested so much, and somewhere along the way, Something went wrong despite everyone's best intentions. So that's a focal point of this episode. Uh, We also uh, break down St. Louis uh, high schools. We talk about Jim Edmonds' menage a trois, and we talk about Joe Buck being solicited to commentate a porn scene for $1 million. 
Buckle up, folks. This episode gets off the rails. There are a few things I want to hit on during this week's State of the Union, and I, w- I want to start. I want to start with the Missouri Tiger basketball program. I said last week that Mizzou had a chance to get three guys. Needed to get at least one of the three for it to not be a total disaster. Mizzou went 0 for 3. Justin Turner, the Bowling Green grad transfer, went back to Bowling Green. Josh Christopher, one of my favorite high school basketball players of all time and the biggest attention whore I've ever seen, went to Arizona State. And I don't even remember Julius's first name at this point, but uh, the other big transfer went to Cincinnati. Conzo went 0-4-3. So, next year, assuming there is a basketball season, Conzo will be rolling out essentially the same team he had last year. I also saw something this morning from Mitchell Forty of Power Mizzou saying that um, Mizzou's been in talks with a guy uh, with a grad transfer who could play point guard next year with the implication there being potentially that Xavier, my son, XP, X, might not be coming back. Keep in mind, Mitch Smith, Jeremiah Tillman, and Xavier Pinson are all testing the draft waters. Obviously, Mitch Smith, who is averaging three and a half points for his career, is just going for some free uh, workouts and gear. X is probably going for a sincere evaluation, and Jeremiah Tillman is going because he is 21 years old and has a four-year-old son and needs a paycheck. So, uh, I think Tilly's gone. I think he'll go play overseas or something. I don't know why he would come back, to be honest. Um, X should be back, but obviously that 40 uh, anecdote makes me very nervous. And then Mitch Smith, who cares? It doesn't matter either way. So, these recruits were important, and Conzo missed them all. How on earth, how on earth have things gotten so bad so fast? I'm in awe. I I tweeted this out a few days ahead of time because uh, Turner and Josh Christopher were announcing on the same day that if he missed both Turner and Christopher, it would be the worst day since Jonte tore his ACL. Well, guess what? He missed them both. This is this is Jonte tearing his ACL again. And keep in mind, after next year, Mitch Smith is gone. Tilly's gone. Mark's gone. Drew's gone. That's four guys off the top of my head. I'm sure there are others. There's like six or seven scholarship guys for the season that starts in 2021. The only recruit Conzo has right now for next year is Jordan Wilmore. Conzo, after his first year with Michael Porter Jr. and Cassius, after going to the NCAA tournament, after Villanova won that year, Conzo said in the offseason, the offseason where Jeremiah Tillman was shooting 403 pointers a day for no fucking reason. 
Conzo said he wanted to mold the program. He wanted the program to be more like Villanova, positionless basketball. After saying that, Conzo signed seven-footers in back-to-back classes. Axel Okongo may, in fact, be the worst basketball player in Division One. I. I don't get joy in saying that. That's not funny to me, and I also don't think it's hyperbolic. I don't understand how the coaching staff offered that young man a scholarship. It makes no sense to me. It doesn't seem plausible that you go and scout that kid and say, you know what? He's better than every other option we could have to fill this scholarship. God forbid you just don't use the scholarship. That's what Musselman does down in Arkansas. Top 10 recruiting class next year, by the way, in his second year. So after signing Axel in one class, Conzo comes back in the next class. Keep in mind, after saying he wants to play positionless basketball and signs another seven-footer averaging nine points a game. Jordan Wilmore. Conzo is a phenomenal dude. He's a moral, principled guy. He's a giving guy. I think he's a great man. I think he's a great leader. He came in with a reputation as a recruiter. The expectation was that he would win between 19 and 22 games year in, year out, with maybe some outliers above 22 games. I don't think he can do that. He's getting outpaced by the rest of the SEC. There are too many coaches. This conference, the SEC, has the best coaching roster in America. And they're lapping Conzo. I don't know how it happened. I had faith in Conzo in the beginning. He was not my first choice, but I didn't think he'd be a failure. And this is a failure. This week, uh, it's inexplicable. I understand Josh Christopher's brother plays at Arizona State. Okay, but up until the moment he made his decision, most people thought he was going to Michigan. Okay, we've got Josh's brother excuse me, Josh's cousin as the strength and conditioning coach. I just don't, I'm not saying we should have gotten Josh Christopher. I'm not even saying necessarily we should have have gotten Justin Turner or DeJulius. I don't understand how he missed all three. It makes no sense to me. Mario McKinney, epic disaster. Okay. I I know he was a four-star guy and you can give him credit for some, here's the thing. Some people want to give Conzo credit for getting Mario McKinney. And unfortunately, and I think this is the reality of being a college coach, you can't really grade someone on landing a recruit until it's all over, if that makes sense. Conzo did the right thing in signing Mario McKinney, but he has to own the fact that it was a failure. Gary Pinkle did the right thing in getting Doriel Green Beckham. God knows how much money that cost. But in the end, that was a failure. Threw a girl down a flight of stairs. Conzo Martin gets Torrance Swanson, four-star guy. That was a failure. You have to live with the results. Even if they are good off the bat, that's not how the grading system works in college recruiting. You don't just get a rubber stamp A and you're good for that guy's career. Things change. Torrance Watson and Mario, while both four-stars, failures. Failures. Look at EJ Liddell. Look at Courtney Ramey. Excellent starts to their college careers at Ohio State and Texas. 
losing Courtney and getting Mario, um, I don't even know where to begin. That's super, super tough pill to swallow. The roster is decimated. I don't know where scoring will come from next year because you're rolling back out the exact same guys. You'd like to think they would improve. And, you know, year after year, shows signs of trending in the right direction. Unfortunately, we haven't seen that. You look at Javon, you look at Torrance, massive steps backwards. And clearly Torrance is not ready for SEC basketball at this level. Javon can only dribble to his right, and he doesn't know how to pass. I don't like talking crap on these guys. I don't. I watch all of their games. I've tweeted out a couple of videos of Torrance Watson passing the ball to the other to the other team in situations where he wasn't under duress. These weren't double teams. He's swinging the ball around the wing and passes it to the wrong team. Javon literally doesn't know how to pass. He puts his head down, dribbles right, and hopes the ball goes in when he eventually gets around to shooting it. We're expecting those guys to to make a step forward after regressing in their second years. Mark Smith loses eight points, eight percentage points, excuse me, on his three-point shooting. Even with X and Drew giving him more spot-up opportunities, more freedom, how is that possible? Guys, it's just all gone to shit, and it just blows my mind. I don't understand how it's gotten so bad so fast. And I got um, a scolding from my cousin, Andrew Johnson, for my contract talk. So I'm not going to dip my toes in contract talk any longer. There is legal jujitsu to get out of the contract once next season ends. Should it come to that, there will be some sort of Per my understanding, some sort of mutual parting of ways and a smaller buyout, something like that. So Mizzou is not pigeonholed to May 1st of 2021. But in all likelihood, it will still be two more years. Because I don't know if Mizzou's going to be able to pay the buyout necessarily. I don't know. So let's say it is two more years. Just bear with me and say it's two more years. Then you bring in a new guy. Let's say they bring in Kim English. God forbid. If they do that, we can safely say that it will take him two to three years to get the program up and running. Okay? To, and I hate to use this word, to rebuild the program. So right now, it's April 18th, 2020. If we say Conzo is the coach until April of 2022, someone takes over for the 2022-23 season. I don't think Mizzou basketball is a serious tournament contender. I mean, just to like make the tournament until the 2023 season at best. At best, the 2023 season is the next time I think Mizzou will have a good shot at making it to the tournament. The devolution of this program since Mike Anderson left has been um, jarring to say the least. I, it, it make I, I've tried to make sense of it and, and I don't understand. Um, Frank Haith was was a terrible hire. Um, 
no one thought it was I just it boggles my mind. I've tried to make sense of it for for the past week now. Ever since it became clear we weren't going to get all three guys, Frank Haith, terrible hire. Came English, they hired a true son who with a clean bill of health, so to speak, in terms of having NCAA closets. Epic disaster. You don't hire someone that isn't qualified for the job, and that's what Mizzou did to make up for Frank Haith's transgressions because they were too scared to hire Ben Howland. Cam Anderson, epic disaster, and honestly, not his fault. Then they hire Conzo, a name known around St. Louis and Missouri, being from East St. Louis, having coached at Missouri State, and we all know Mizzou loves to align themselves with coaches they're familiar with. Conzo's been to the tournament two or three times in 10 years as a coach, head coach. That is, uh, that's the reality of the situation. Uh, you get what you pay for. This is a guy that is not routinely in the NCAA tournament, and as a result, unfortunately, it looks as though Mizzou cannot expect to routinely be in the tournament with Konzo at the helm. Konzo has had bad luck with injuries. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, a fully healthy Jonte and Mark Smith last year, I think, Things are definitely different, but you look at how poor Tilly has played. You look at how poorly Javon has played, how poorly Torrance has played, Mario leaving, Blake Harris leaving, C.J. Watson leaving, Trey Jackson leaving. And and Trey, I think, is by far the worst because Trey showed a lot of promise. Looked like he had a lot of different aspects to his offensive game, and Conzo didn't give him the minutes. And uh, Conzo attributed that to Trey's poor conditioning. Conzo said that in February of this year. I don't know how you can blame one of your players conditioning um, four months into the season. Fair or not, that's on the coach. So that's the reality of the situation. Mizzou basketball is in a rock and a hard place, and I don't see Mizzou basketball getting out of that situation for at least four more years. It's hard for me to be optimistic when in two years there's six or seven guys that are going to be on scholarship and there's no one coming in. Conzo needs to pull four or five rabbits out of his ass. I'd love to see him do it. I don't think it's realistic, and I think Mizzou is going to be stuck in basketball hell until I'm in my 30s. Moving on with the State of the Union. A a couple of things I I wanted to hit on. also semi-sports related here. Or Moving on with the State of the Union. Some athlete social media antics. Benny Cunningham, old Rams player, uh, nicknamed Wiggle, at least amongst me and my fellow Rams fans, uh, tweeted out that the uh, NFL is rigged and that they basically had to sign an NDA to keep it all hush-hush, and that Benny is um, is tired of being quiet. I went to click on that tweet from Benny because I thought it was hilarious. It was texted to me by Sam Brown, fellow Twitter addict, and I could not access the tweet because Benny blocked me years ago, apparently. Benny blocked me years ago. So that was a tough pill to swallow but Benny did follow up. Again, this tweet was sent to me by saying, oh, I was just playing. Everybody's freaking out. Freaking out. LOL. Take a joke. No, 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 no. We, we are all buying in to this conspiracy that the NFL is rigged and that they've got players keeping their mouth shut. 
One, I'm in on conspiracy theories in general. Throw me a conspiracy theory outside of, you know, 9-11 or Sandy Hook, and I'm in. And I'm in. As long as thousands or innocent children aren't being killed, I'm usually in for the conspiracy theory. And two, anything anti-NFL, obviously I'll be the first to lead that charge. If you can combine both, I can't think of a better thing for me to obsess over. So I'm going to be spending a lot of quarantine doing investigative journalism. People forget I have 12 hours of journalism credit from the best state school in America to figure out what this conspiracy theory is and what happened after Benny hit send on that tweet to so quickly have to say, LOL, just kidding. You guys took me too seriously. So that's going to be a TSP investigative special to figure out what prompted that Benny Cunningham tweet. Uh, moving right along, Joe Buck, pride of St. Louis, according to Darren Rovell, who I hate for misspelling Mizzou. According to Darren Rovell, Joe Buck was offered a million dollars by a porn site to commentate a porn scene. Would have been electric. Wish Joe had done it. I can only imagine how funny that would have been. Joe's response to the report was absolutely iconic as I pull it up now. Depending on the site, they could just be handing some of my money back to me. So I'll hold out for a better offer and try to hold on to my day job. But I have to say I'm flattered. That's just Joe being Joe. What an absolute king. And I'm bummed. His wife had a great take on it as well about him turning down the money and how he had a missed opportunity there. Joe commentating a sex scene, I, I, I think it would have brought America together. I know the MJ documentary is going to do a lot for us as sports fans to bring us all together. But Joe Buck commentating a porn thing, it, it, it's hard for me to think of anything too much more American than that. Lastly, in the State of the Union, <laughs> Jim Edmonds, who, <laughs> who is just a trash human being. A, a report comes out yesterday that Jim Edmonds, eight-time gold glover, commentator for Fox Sports Midwest. I, I wonder if he'll still have that job when the season starts. Report comes out yesterday. This is from Us Weekly. <coughs> Real Housewives of Orange County alum Megan Edmonds just gave some major insight into that time. She and estranged husband Jim Edmonds had a threesome with his new girlfriend, Courtney O'Connor, right before they started dating. Yes, you heard that right. So Jim is, I think, I think Megan was... Wife number three, and or number four. This guy is some sort of sex addict and, and clearly a degenerate. I think he's got a kid in St. Louis, a son. I would assume that kid will be running in, in the cool crowd of St. Louis, but I mean, I kind of hope so for his sake, as toxic as that circle can be, simply because if he's not, that kid is going to get bullied relentlessly. He's going to get bullied behind his back no matter what or talk shit on anyway. Like, knowing your dad is uh, a womanizing piece of shit is tough, and no, and he's a household name in St. Louis, that's a tough pill to swallow. As for Jim himself, I, I think I mentioned on the podcast, I saw him at Lifetime Fitness in Frontenac a couple months ago. And the, the, the Lifetime Frontenac 
is basically Globo Gym. If we remember uh, White Goodman here at Globo Gym, we're better than you and we know it. Same mindset at the Lifetime in Frontenac. And out of all the douchebags there, myself and my friends included, Jim was by far and away the biggest D-bag in the entire gym. It was inspiring. And honestly, I think this woman was there. Uh, I, I couldn't tell who looked trashier, her or Jim, or the guy who had full-sleeve tattoos that Jim was with. Um, I just Between the four people, it was two gals and two guys. I would love to know how much money was spent on body ink and plastic surgery. I, I would say it's north of six figures between the four people that I was observing. It was unbelievable. And if you think Jim was doing anything other than arms, huh, buddy. Buddy, buddy, buddy. So glad to see that Jim is still staying in the news as a notorious scumbag. But we will always have the catch in Game 7 and the home run in Game th- in game 6. Thanks, Jimmy Ballgame. Time now for this week's Asking Schmidt. Batting leadoff, John McGuff. Hypothetically speaking, let's say the coronavirus offers a reset to conference realignment and Mizzou is offered a spot in the Big Ten. Finances notwithstanding, should they consider it? McGuff, have you ever been to East Lansing? I have been. Uh, Have you ever been to Champaign? I have been. You been to Baton Rouge? Been to Tuscaloosa? Been to Knoxville? Been to Oxford? Been to Nashville? It's not even close. Not even close. The, the Big Ten is, I think of gray and cloudy and, and as my friend Gabe Smith would say, just kind of munty, just kind of ugh to it. That's what I think of when I think of the Big Ten. You say finances notwithstanding. I, I'm not letting finances play any role. When I think of the SEC, I think of class. I think of sunshine. I think of outstanding Saturdays, probably the best Saturdays in the country. Um, I really don't think there's any sort of comparison. The SEC is just the most fun conference in the country, at least as far as football concerned, and that's the most popular sport in the country. So I think it's the SEC uh, in a walk. I know a lot of people, I see it more and more online, talking about this situation of a hypothetical Mizzou going back to the Big Ten. That would suck. Okay, I, I, I go from a, a polo and nice pants on a game day to jeans and a hoodie. That's that's the difference here. Look good, feel good, play good in the SEC. Look munty in the Big Ten. SEC in a walk. John Church, what would you do for one more bus night shot bar 10 below combo? i do a lot, to be frank with you. Sophomore year, uh John, Cole Gorman, Ryan Rosberg, and Mitch Cox lived at the Brookside Townhomes. They basically lived in Kansas City relative to Columbia Mo. They lived that far away. But the one perk was that Brookside Townhomes, despite being like a 15-minute drive from downtown on weekends, they ran a bus from the townhomes basically to the front door of Harpo's for free. So we would treat that bus as a party bus. And one night a month on a Saturday, 12 of us would go out there 
pregame um, for God knows how many hours, and then hop on the bus at 10 o'clock. And I think I think the game, John Church, this is right up his alley. Um, I believe the game was Circle of Death, which is just a, a vicious game. But anyway, and, and we'd hop off that bus and we'd hit Shot Bar 10 Below, which is the most dynamic duo in the college bar scene in North America. What flows, what rolls, excuse me, off the tongue better than Shot Bar 10 Below? Shot bar 10 below. Shot bar 10 below. Shot bar 10 below. Nothing. It is, it's, it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. And I, I, I'm told that shot bar is suffering because apparently people like wearing frat shirts and sweatpants and hanging out at Willie's or whatever the hell Fieldhouse is. Back in my day, we wore disgustingly colored button downs to drink $1 beers, okay? We didn't act casual about it. We got dressed up, and we went to Shot Bar. There's none of this casual shit going on at Willie's Fieldhouse, whatever. We went to Shot Bar, we ran the show, and then we ran over to 10 Below. It was, the, God, those nights, oh my God. John, I'm actually not even answering your question. What would I do for one more bus night? You could have my, you could have my next paycheck, John. How's that? I would give a paycheck for one more bus night. I really would. Danny Dowling, was Jordan Clarkson better than every player on the 2011 team? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. Obviously, retroactively, we can say yes. He's by far and away been the most successful. Um, but you got Flip. Uh, Flip, Kim, Ricardo, Marcus, Dixon. Um, shit. Yeah, I guess he was. Honest to God, I guess he was better than every player on the 2011 team. But if you were like, pick one, Denman or Clarkson, I'd pick Denman every time. Anthony Hoyman, will Daniel Schmidt make an appearance in Oxford, Mississippi the next time the Rebs host Mizzou? Absolutely. I think it's going to be a minute. It was fall of 2013 that we played there last. And then uh, the Rebels came up to Mizzou fall of 19, which I think means that we'll be back at Ole Miss in fall of 2025. The first time I went to Ole Miss, one of the best weekends of my life. Um, as our Brian Hiller hosted for us, and me and Gabe Smith, um, and we had uh, an unreal weekend. I remember Brian at the time, as he kind of gave us a tour of campus, he, he pointed out one of the buildings was like a bit of a fortress in, like, the 60s where you could put, like, snipers on top of it in, in case, like, riots broke out. And I remember being like, I don't know if that's quite as cool as you are making it out to be. Um, but that weekend, also the coldest weekend of my life, huge win for the Tigers on our way to the SEC East Championship. So, absolutely, the, the Grove is elite. I, I'm not the biggest Ole Miss fan. I'm outspoken on that front. But I give credit where it's due. The, the Grove is an elite tailgating spot. I had so much fun on that game day. Um, got to see some friends from Denver that weekend. It was it was a good time all around. So I can I'll guarantee that in five years, uh, when the Tigers are down in Oxford, I will be there as well under a tent in the Grove. Danny Meehan, what's your take on quarantine mustaches? So mustaches in general, if you have a mustache, you have a girlfriend. It's a white flag. 
hey, I give up. I think this is funny. I can do what I want because I no longer care what girls think of me. Um, yeah, it's, it's a strong take. I've got a strong take on mustaches. Uh, I know it's rubbed some people the wrong way in the past, but it's a white flag. You, you look stupid with the mustache. 99 out of 100 guys look stupid with the mustache. You know what I mean? I I, 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 seen, I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. Look how funny this is. Now, if you were a guy who is single outside of quarantine wearing a mustache and, and women are still attracted to you, I, I would like for you to come on this podcast. I would like for you to come on this podcast. I, I, I think it, it, it doesn't really exist. Uh, I just think you look like a clown. That's just my take. Now, in quarantine, obviously, things are different. We can do some wonky things. Um, for, for example, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I, I, well, I'll get to it later, but we're, we're doing some wonky things. So if you want to do a mustache in quarantine just to see what it looks like, this, that, and the other, that's fine. I went clean shaven uh, a couple weeks ago to see what it would look like, and I couldn't look at myself in the mirror for four days. I hated my own face that much. I, I, I wanted to pull a Hannibal Lecter is what I wanted to do, and cut off someone else's face and wear it as my own for four days. That is how much I hated my own face clean-shaven. So be careful growing out that mustache, because you might not be able to look at yourself in the mirror. Megan Gamper, when are you going to give Sophie and I a shout-out for keeping you entertained on the weekends? Yeah, you're getting a shout-out right now. Here is the shout-out. Uh, Gamps and Sophie FaceTime me a few weeks ago, and it, it's like... Um, COVID isn't happening in Arizona. Now, they were inside. It was just like a couple of people. They lived together. But they were like having a full-on rager. There was like a DJ set and loud music they were drinking. And I was mad, not because they were doing anything wrong, but I'm like, no one else is having fun. Why the hell do you guys get to have fun? And they were having a blast. You literally would have had no idea that there was this pandemic going on. It was outrageous. And then they FaceTimed me again last weekend with the same DJ set. Unbelievable. If I could fly out there, I would, because it looks like they're having an absolute time. So there's your shout-out, Gamps. Luke Domask, what's the highest amount you'd pay for a haircut right now? I responded to Luke, because uh, this is important. I said, I can't wait to throw out a stupid number and someone text me after the pod, LMAO, that's really not that much, TBH. Because I'm going to give you guys a number. And someone, now now some of you guys are going to text me sarcastically and think it's hilarious, but someone is going to text me seriously like, eh, really not that bad. I live in XYZ City and I pay like only a little bit less than that. I'm telling you that text is coming. Text is coming. I would pay $250 for a haircut right now. After tip, I pay 50 in Chicago. I would pay $250 for a haircut right now. No questions asked. Wouldn't even blink. Kathleen Schmidt, want to be in a hair braiding train with Grace and me. Grace is my sister. Obviously, Kathleen is as well. I think you've achieved requisite length. Okay, so I'm not going to be doing the hair braiding thing. I'm not going to do a man bun thing. But, again, transparency with my listeners is my big thing. I, I This morning, as I got set to record the pod, I, I hopped on Amazon, my daily addiction, and, and I ordered three male headbands. I did. I, I tried out a couple of my sisters. They're multicolored. I, I kind of look like someone who, who might be giving uh, acid to teenagers at a music festival. But I think, I think if I were to go with like the ath- athletic, like just a solid color look, 
I've been told, I've been told people are murmuring that I could pull off the hot personal trainer look. And I think I could. Now, don't get mad, but when I think of headbands and hair and guys, I think of Eric Decker. Eric Decker's a god. I don't look like Eric Decker. That guy is hotter than hell. But that's who I would be trying to channel. That's the idea that I would be striving for. Would never obtain it, but that would be the idea. Scott Schaefer, what pastime that you previously would have scoffed at have you now been considering uh, partaking in? Um, Yeah, this is tough. All of them, all of the pastimes, Scott, to be honest with you. Um, Video games, which I haven't played consistently, I don't know, since I started um, interacting with women, I guess. I, I don't. They're they're a waste of time. I just I really once I got to college, unless I was home on Christmas break, I was done with video games. Now I'm playing Call of Duty twice a day. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, Tar Twenty One, with a heartbeat sensor, Commando Pro, uh, dual Glocks as the backup gun, Claymores. I'm a camping son of a bitch. I won't lie to you, but uh, yeah, it's video games for sure. I don't even like Call of Duty anymore. I sincerely don't, but it just helps get me from waking up to going back to bed. So, yeah, that's it. God, things are bleak. Will Whitney, did you see the Chase Daniel and Eli drink Chase chat? Takes is Chase laying groundwork to be an announcer at Mizzou. Position coach, thank you for not being lazy and figuring out Spotify. Yeah, I need to give Will a shout-out. Will is the guy who was like, are you ever going to get this on Spotify? And I was like, yeah, I should do that. So shout-out to Will for making sure that happened. Surprisingly, I still haven't watched the Chase Daniel and uh, drink chat. Uh, I will. Don't uh, you can believe that? Uh, I, I know Chase is great on mics in general. I don't think he's. I mean, he's going to have such a bag after this. I don't think. I'm sure he's open to coaching, but I don't think he would want to do it in a career path type way. And what I mean by that is maybe he goes <coughs> and who's the guy in St. Louis? Gus Faro. Gus Ferrat, who coached or coaches at Burroughs, I think he would coach at a high school because if you're coach, if you're a position coach at a university, um, after your college career, it's kind of like you're angling to move on. I doubt Chase has like uh, a coaching career agenda after this. I think he also has a clothing line. So if he were to coach, he might do some individual QB stuff, maybe. But he's also you know worth tens of millions of dollars. So. My best guess for Chase, if he was going to do coaching, would be at the high school level. As for announcing, absolutely. I think Chase wants to get in the booth, and I think the first place he would start uh, would be replacing uh, Aaron Rodgers' hot younger brother on the SEC Network. He's much better than Jordan. Uh, Jim Abbott, Mizzou is hopeless, even though I love my boy Konzo. Thank you, Jim, for chiming in. Adam Lowe, it's been over a week. Have you started reading Shadow Divers? If not, please explain what your daily schedule looks like to provide some context. Okay, Adam. There's no need for this. You also didn't need to tag Nick Dethridge, that terrorist, and get him involved. Nick and Adam have are both avid readers. Adam recommended a book to me that both he and Nick had read. <coughs> I bought the book, okay? And it sat <clears throat> on my armchair for four days. And then last Tuesday, while I was in bed... Furious at myself for having such a phone addiction. I I took my phone, 
And in a carpeted section of the basement, I threw it. I threw it 20 feet away from me. And I stared at the book. And I know I'm sounding dramatic, but this is literally what happened. I throw the phone 20 feet away. I stare at the book for 10 full seconds. And I just reached out and grabbed it. I grabbed it. And I was like, yes! I did it. I, I did it. I, I got the book. Now all I have to do is open it. And I opened the book and I read 30 pages and it took me like, I don't know, four hours and I haven't uh, touched it since. But I have started the book. I've enjoyed it. It's a phenomenal story. If anybody's a World War II nerd, Shadow Divers is fantastic. But uh, yeah, only 30 pages in Adam, but I'm pacing myself. At this rate, I'll be done with the book by the end of 2022 and maybe we'll be out of quarantine by then. Switching over to Twitter. Zach Smith, are you all in on the only two sport leagues in the world right now, Taiwanese baseball and soccer? I'm not. I'm not in on any sports, and I'm also anti-rewatching old games or at least broadcasting them. If I wanted to go watch an old game, if I really want to go watch Illinois play Arizona again, I, I will just go look up the highlights on YouTube. I don't need to watch the full spiel. Okay, I'd much rather just find highlights of old games I like. K-State versus Xavier, for example, 2010. Alex Schiffer, when am I coming on again? Eh, 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 not too soon, I don't think. Not too soon. Okay, now we're getting to the questions I have been putting off to the very end because they are going to be absolutely brutal. Okay, uh, there are four questions here. All of them are extremely tough. Uh, here we go. Billy Gates, how many times will existing Sig Chi members at Mizzou try to break into Delta Chi and reclaim what is rightfully theirs next year? I'll set the over under at 10. What you got? Earlier this week, Delta Chi at Mizzou announced that they would be moving into 500 South College uh, at the start of next school year. Joke's on them. Next school year will never happen in the fall. But they announced it on Twitter, and it was, um, yeah, it was upsetting. I won't, I won't lie to you. Um, that was really tough to see. And so they tweeted that they were taking it, and I quote tweeted it and said, like the Boltons taking Winterfell, and I got a big kick out of it because I, I, I nearly lapped them in likes. I think they were somewhere around like. 110, and I was at 200. Not that it's a pissing contest. I just enjoyed that a, a single user uh, making a joke at that expense outdid their account, their fraternity account. So it just kind of speaks volumes about who the general public would rather have at 500 South College. Also, the Sig Kai is responsible. The Mizzou Sig Kai is responsible for getting, for costing us that palace. Not that I'm some sort of devoted alum, but I think of all the idiots and morons and incidents that went on when I was there and we were able to not get kicked off. I would love, I would love to talk to the guys who are responsible for that. I'd also love to beat the shit out of them. Excuse my language. How stupid can you be? How stupid can you be? And I'm, I'm sure that there are guys out there, because it happens with every fraternity. Well, no, like, here's what happened. And some guy, he went ahead, he told IFC that we hazed him. Or like, or they, they always have two sides to this shit. No, you guys screwed up. You're idiots. God, I could go on a whole rant about it. Such morons to get kicked off campus. You have to try so hard to do that. You have to be so stupid. What rush chair let an idiot that dumb? Into the house. I digress. How many times do I think uh, active Sig Kai's are going to try to break in? 
given that these guys were stupid enough to get kicked off, Billy's got the over-under at 10. I'm throwing the rent on the over at 10. This is our house. Screw you guys. I can just see people doing that out on Moan Beach. I can see that happening. I can see that happening. And I hope they get their asses kicked by Delta Kai's. They really should. All right, one down. A couple more to go here. Oh, Eric Korth. God damn it. Eric, you can safely bring all sports back today, but the only liquid you're allowed to drink for the next five years is Rumpies. Do you do it? Eddie responded, give me a funnel. For the next... For the next five years. Okay, Eric, I'm allowed to drink water. I'm going to add to this question that I'm allowed to drink water because I, I wouldn't – simply because I wouldn't live five years. I wouldn't live five years without water. But if all I have is rumpies and water for the next five years and it brings sports back today, as long as I can get credit as the hero, as the martyr who brought sports back, I, I would I would embrace it. I would do it. I would have to talk to our buddy Nick Dethridge, who's a rumpies. He's basically a sommelier for rumpies. I would have to talk to him about how that would work. But if it meant we could have sports back today, I would, um, yeah, as Eddie said, give me the funnel. I, I would beer bong some rumpies. I'd pull a Kevin Leaker if we could get it back today. Okay, two more, and these are not fun. Michael Gaines. Eli Drinkwitz becomes Dabo 2.0 personality-wise. How successful do you need Mizzou to be to live with that? So to be clear, what Gaines is saying, Dabo Swinney is the most insufferable college coach in America. Shoving God down everyone's throat anytime he has a microphone in front of him is so obnoxious. I, I, I can't even stand it. But it's, it's not just the shoving God and religion in our face, which I think is just inappropriate in general. This ass clown, one, doesn't think the kid should be paid. That's his biggest offense, making $7 million a year. And then two, recently, this ass clown, he's been to Florida twice. He might, lives in South Carolina. Been to Florida twice since quarantine started. This guy despite how he portrays himself, is a selfish ass clown. Okay? He's a selfish ass clown. Ass clown, excuse me. $7 million a year, doesn't think kids should be paid. And I guarantee you this guy thinks that quarantine should be over so he can get his kids in the pads again. I hate Dabo. I hate him. So with all that being said, how successful would Mizzou need to be for me to tolerate Eli being that level of ass clown? Lord knows Eli loves him some Jesus. Tweeting out Mizzou football branded images of the cross on Easter was a wild move. We, uh, Gaines, I would need... I would need three SEC East titles and one SEC championship to tolerate it. I, obviously, that's a lower bar than Dabo, who's got a couple of ships. But 
I, I have to move the goalpost here. If he can win the SEC East three times in, you know, like six, seven years, I believe. Now, that's a tall order. And then win the SEC out of one of those seven, I will allow him to shove his religion and and just become Dabo 2.0 as much as he wants. All right, this will wrap up Asking Schmidt. This is from Adam Cruz, who did this because he's sadistic. Adam, burn it to the ground. Rank the girls' schools of St. Louis. Um, oh, boy. So I've got three Naring grads who I'm living with. My girlfriend in high school went to Narinx. All my um, friends who were girls in high school went to Narinx. I'm going to go with Narinx. Now, that's a little bit out of fear, not just because of who I live with, but uh, Narinx women are very strong-willed individuals, much more strong-willed than than any guy high school I know. I would not want to cross Narinx. Period, point blank. I have been in disagreements with Narinx women, and I've never won. I don't know if I've ever won an argument with a woman, period, but I certainly have not won an argument with a Narinx woman. So I will put Narinx at uh, at number one. At number two, oh boy, Cruz, you should have given me a, like how many, like am I throwing Notre Dame in here? This is so unfair. So let's also. So we're also including here, um, Ursuline, Saint Joe, Villa, and Coriezu. Okay, <coughs> those others. Um, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna put Coriezu last. I'm gonna put Coriezu last. They weren't that fun in high school. They 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 just weren't that fun. In high school, they they weren't. Um, now, keep in mind, keep in mind, there's something to be noted here. This is important. I did not have many friends who were girls in high school. Didn't have a lot of friends who were guys either. But just uh, the the ones I did have, I I would say I hung out with Narings and Coriezu the most. Those two and Coriezu was just not that fun. Uh, so I'd put them last. Uh, Villa second to last for uh, a, a myriad of reasons that you can all figure out watching Bush Family Brood or whatever uh, the the Bush Family soap opera is called on MTV. Uh, so that's fifth and fourth. So that leaves Ursuline and St. Joe fighting it out for the number two spot. I mean, Ursuline St. Joe, extremely similar, right? You, you've got CBC and DeSmet here. So, oh gosh, um, I guess at this point, do I have more St. Joe connections or Ursuline connections? I suppose I suppose it's St. Joe by by a nose, but by just a nose, I I will give the nod to St. Joe ahead of Ursuline. Now these are extremely subjective. Um, if anyone 
wants to uh, attack Slu High about about this, my alma mater, by all means, I will probably co-sign wherever you rank us, as long as it's ahead of Viani. I don't care, but for the record here, we're going Narinx, St. Joe, Ursuline, Villa, Corriezo. I really hope I don't catch a ton of hell for that. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Talking Schmidt Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Hope you guys can get out there and enjoy your weekend. Not that it's any different from your Tuesday. And remember, guys, never shop at Walmart.